Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles presented by Bolin Media, our first episode of 2024. I am Ross Bolin here with Barrett Dudley. Barrett, we are so back. Uh, is this our first episode of 2024? Publicly. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Non-Patreon. Non-Patreon, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I, the, Saltburn really, it, it belonged on the Patreon. It was It, it was too... It was too spicy, graphic, too graphic, adult, too adult, too risque to uh, to to just live here on podcast platforms for for just anybody and everybody, and that that was evidenced even in our group chat where a buddy of ours was just like, I, I can't, I'm not watching it. It's too, it's too much. It's too much. That yeah. is that's how crazy this movie is, and 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 how much you probably should go pay to hear us talk about it. Is that that people are just straight up? They're throwing up in the theaters. They're leaving. They're clutching their <laughs> pearls. They've never seen anything like it. Um, yeah, it's it, people are even saying it. Just it makes like it. It makes a Serbian film look like Sesame Street. Yeah, so, that's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, that's what yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have watched Saltburn, if you would like to hear Barrett and I discuss it, uh, we did a full hour last week on Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles, where you can go subscribe, support the show, and get all of our ad-free premium content there on Patreon. We had a blast watching this movie and discussing it. Um, obviously, as Barrett said, it's probably not for everybody, <laughs> not for everybody. But if you can find your way through the three or four really graphic and disturbing scenes in the movie. Uh, which I think are totally warranted in that they pay off. It's not just for shock and awe. Right, right. Then you, you're, you're, you've got something really special there. And I really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, to hear any further thoughts on Saltburn, you'll have to head to Patreon. But this is our first official, official public, free, sponsor-based episode of 2024. And it is officially awards season. So we are going to open today talking about the Golden Globes, and the big winners on the night. Barrett, did you watch the Golden Globes live? Yeah. Um, so let's see. This was, uh, this was Sunday evening. It I was. Got, I, got, I got home from my trip, and I, I had seen earlier that day that the Golden Globes were going to be that evening. And I think that was the first time that I realized that the Golden Globes were happening. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I yeah. just I happened to pull up because I, um, I had football on all right, day, so right, I was right. on YouTube TV, and it was sitting there, and I was yeah. like, oh, look at that. Yeah, and so then, then I then I sat down on the couch and I had the the Bills Dolphins game up, which was frankly kind of a bore. So uh, I was like, then I I just snapped it. I I said, oh, the Globes are on. The Globes. The Globes. Gotta uh, watch the Globes. And, and so I switched over to the Globes, and so I think I saw at least the second half, maybe the second two thirds or so. Saw a lot of the big awards, but but definitely missed some as well. Um, and uh, and yeah. Um, so, quick re, 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 rehash of yeah. the the Globes, and I'm, I don't I don't remember all the years here, but the Globes were always, you know, the party version of the Oscars with the open bar, with the open bar. They, they got to comment the, on that every year. They fill the room with celebs. They cover both TV and movies, and it was a lot of fun because you got things like the classic, like Chrissy Teigen crying or cry laugh reaction gif, like yeah, all that type of shit. Got some good ones this year too. And I would then note. and then. Um, a, a year or two, you know, after that, like they were, they got canceled because we all realized that the Hollywood foreign press was just totally white, white, it's just whiteies, just a bunch of whites. Just racist as hell. And there was no diversity and they were kind of refusing to include like many people of color in the nominees and like, 
we just nobody felt good about it and so they got booted they basically got booted off the air whoever had the contract was like yeah we're done we're good took at least one year off and they took at least one year off i think maybe two or maybe they happened last year but they weren't televised anyway i i don't i i cannot quite recall if this was the return of the golden globes yeah it was or if it was the the second time that it's been back on the air but i'm pretty sure they billed it as like the return okay and made some jokes okay all right, so that, that, that's that. kind of what I what I felt like it happened, and so now I missed the red carpet and I missed the, the 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 monologue, but it only took about ten minutes of watching for me to be like, "Holy shit, they packed this room with every major A list celebrity that exists," and I was frankly floored. Um, it, it, these people could not wait to get back to this party. It would appear, or they just pulled the right strings, or paid the right people, or did or did what they had to do, because. I mean, that that's like one of the reasons the Oscars is so lame sometimes is because, you know, like uh, movies that people know don't get nominated. Therefore, the people in them don't show up. And so it's kind of like, OK, yeah, maybe Leo's there. Maybe Scorsese's there. But like, you know, that you, you, your favorite actors aren't there. Like there's it's this was just this was everybody. Man. Yeah, this was everybody. Taylor Swift was there. Taylor Swift was there. Kylie Jenner was there. Yeah. With Timothée. With Timothée. Chalamet. And they were very PDA. They were very PDA. And my favorite thing of the whole night is the is the hubbub that uh, that came out of that when Selena Gomez tried to go over to take a picture with Timothy Chalamet and Kylie shut her down. She, she said, said, no. Uh-uh. Haley, Haley Bieber, that's my, that's my girl. You can't take a picture with Timothy Chalamet. And then Selena went back over to Taylor Swift and you can read their lips and they're gossiping about it. And Taylor, she's gasping about this. And my then later- God. Miles Teller, his wife, Kaylee, you can read her lips and she goes, Timothy? Timothy? And they're all just like they're, no. you know, they're they're yapping, they're talking about this, this the goss, the tea. Yeah. And I just I, I couldn't get enough of that. So Yeah, that was yeah. good fun. Good um, fun. Good fun. The 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 best reaction of this year, a la Chrissy Teigen, mm-hmm. was uh none other than J Law, Jennifer Lawrence, when she was nominated for, you oh, know, whatever did, that yeah, funny yeah. horny movie she yes, did. Yes, no hard feelings. Um, in the, and they have them all on the screen, you know, all the nominees before the the winner is announced. And she stared right into the camera and she mouthed, "If I don't win, I'm leaving." Yeah, that was good. That was good. And and right there is a great example. They they clearly they were like, you know, who we need at this party? Jennifer Lawrence, nominator for that shit movie she did. Oh, bro, like <laughs> there were uh, we're gonna go through the winners, and there were a lot of nominations where I was like, her? Yeah, like you know what I, I mean? I, like wait, like making an Arrested Development reference there. But like Super Mario Bros was like in several categories, and I was just like, I don't even care how good that may be or how how well it might have been made. Like, there's just certain things that don't necessarily belong <laughs> at award shows. Like, with if you're trying to make them like prestigious, I mean, Lego Movie got nominated for a bunch of shit. Yeah, you know, but all those times it was kind of a consistent theme with this Golden Globes, where there in each category there was at least one thing where I was like. What? Well, How'd that there, get in there? I mean, also, if there was ever a year, this was the year because like stuff got dropped off the slate. That's very true. Very the, fair. The, the last several months of the of the year, like there wasn't a lot of big stuff dropping. So, if there was ever a year to just sneak in the celebs to some of these categories to make sure that Jennifer Lawrence is sitting in the audience and like doing funny stuff on camera, and to to get that, you need to nominate her for No Hard Feelings. Then yeah, I mean, by all means, go for it. Like I did, it wasn't a terrible movie. It just is frankly not a very. It's not a great one. It's not a. Like it's, it's like not a, an awards season. It's not an awards movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I agree with you overall. It was it was kind of shocking to see 
that many A-listers in like a smaller space and the way it was set up with like the stage out kind of in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Like thrust out into the audience a little bit, that circular stage. You got all these camera angles where you could see so many of them in one frame that it was a little, yeah, it was kind of took you aback. It was just like, damn, that was some serious star power at this thing, which led to some complaining when... The host, who's a stand-up comic, uh, Joe Coy. I literally, I'd never heard of him in my so entire he, life. So he's done like he w- the only place I've seen him is on Chelsea Handler's show, Chelsea Lately. He's okay. like usually he's often um, one of the panelists Got that it. was included, but uh, he he didn't do well. That's I heard that his monologue kind of bombed a little bit. It wasn't good. And look, I'm not trying to sit here and like roast Joe Coy today. That's not. It's not my intention, but um, this, like, just watching him kind of get up there and flail, because you could, I mean, he lost all momentum with the monologue, <laughs> and then he couldn't get anybody back on board with him the rest of the night. So yeah. every joke he tried to make, like, between segments or whatever, they just, the, the whole room completely ignored they, they him. They had just, like, they he, they had decided. The energy was gone. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, you could tell he knew. Like, he yeah, knew, yeah. like, oh, I, f- I fucked this up. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I... Like, it's an awesome gig that I don't think you can really turn down if you're in a position where it's going to elevate your career. But it is a risky gig. And it's probably one of the hardest gigs in terms of entertainment to host one of these award shows. Because, like, at the Globes, people kept getting up on stage and, speaking of how many A-listers were there, they would acknowledge how intimidating the room was. Yes. Like, a bunch of, like, very big stars. That that is how how celeb-packed this room was is that multiple people got up there and were like i can't believe how many celebs are here yeah like i'm so nervous like this is this is so intimidating and so to be the host that has to deal with that feeling the whole time like it's what made like ricky gervais's hosting abilities so special because i think it's like it's almost like being a teacher like it takes a a certain kind of person not just anybody can go in there and do that job yeah i mean the two so the golden globes out like like oscars historically at least for the last two decades i would say Nobody likes the hosts ever. They, they everybody does a shit job. Basically, the Golden Globes has been the opposite. It's been like you either had Ricky Gervais roasting the audience, but he's the right man to do it, and everybody loves it, and everybody eats it up, and he's willing to go there, and like blah 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 blah. Or you had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who yeah. were like two of the greatest awards show hosts of all time, doing the Globes because they are they're like one of the people. They are one of the celebs, but they're also like sl- at a slightly less glamorous tier. Than like Margot Robbie, Emma Stone, yeah, Ryan yeah. Gosling, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And so they were they were able to have like a, a, a huge amount of fun with all that as well. And 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 yeah, so this is th- this is the show that had kind of like big shoes to step into. But at the same time, uh, you know, I can prior to the Golden Globes, if you had been like, "What's Joe Coy look like?" I would have been like, "I don't know who that is." Yeah, and no, na- same. and now I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's the dude that bombed at the Golden Globes." <laughs> and so honestly, it's it, it's a come up. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a you know, in terms of brand, it's strength. kind of akin to a backhanded compliment. But like, it, you have more recognition now than you did before, and that's probably not a terrible thing for your career. And I'm also, I'm, I'm being serious when I say this. One of the jokes that that didn't land was at the expense of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm, he joked mm-hmm. that they're going to have less camera shots of Taylor Swift than NFL games right, do now. Right. And her reaction was great. She just like went straight to the drink and looked looked upset, and which just is dead, deadpan, which yeah. is what you got to do if you're Taylor Swift there. But it didn't really hit for anybody else. And then the thing that I think really went wrong there was the Swifties are a sensitive people. Uh, yeah, yeah. They don't like jokes no, no, at no, the expense no. of their queen, of their mother. 
And uh, and once you've got all of the Swifties <laughs> piling on yeah. and, and yeah. hating on you, that's a wave of hate and negativity that is difficult to overcome, and yeah. Joe Coy failed to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's been going through it this week, so uh, shout out to him. It's a tough gig, and, you know, he could have done better, sure. I'm, I'm sure there are some some jokes he wish he could go back and rehash, yeah. but, yeah. yeah, it is what it is, and let's move on to some of the winners. Um, I'm just going to go through the categories that are most – Prevalent to our show first, sure, I guess. Sure. So, best television series drama. This was one that had Succession, The Last of Us, The Crown, The Morning Show, The Diplomat in 1923. Now, the two that I was like, really? The Morning Show? Yeah. I've heard mostly negative things about Pretty, The Morning yeah, Show yeah, yeah, and yeah. have zero interest in it. And then 1923, I was like, okay, I, I heard that was really good. Don't get me wrong. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a it's a Yellowstone Dude, ha, ha, fucking ha, spinoff. How about the Diplomat? What the shit is the Diplomat? The Diplomats is supposed to, or the Diplomat, excuse me, is supposed to be really good. I I didn't watch any of it. Uh, my wife watched a bunch of it, and uh, she said it was great. And she typically has pretty good taste in TV, so I trust her. But it it was kind of a weird bag grab bag here of shows that I didn't feel like Succession had any chance of losing this no, category. No, no, that, that, you read those names, and that that that's a that was a pretty and they won. Clear cut winner. They yeah. won, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, my, my I I think I watched the very first episode of the morning show. Couldn't really get into it. Never watched another one. But the one thing that I do know about it is that the Ringers Prestige TV podcast mm-hmm. recently stopped covering the morning show because it got that, to that point. That, that that's pretty. It's a that's not a great look in 2023 <laughs> when there wasn't that much prestige TV happening. And they, they just like, walked away. Yeah, like nah. <laughs> I think they moved it to like one of their like. Like, you know, podcasts covering like pop culture and 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 stuff and uh, random stuff like that. So I'll like, say this for us: it's been a really long time since you and I chose to cover something and then had to just be like, never, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> this is this yeah. is no good. This so. is no good. Uh, anyway, congratulations to Succession there, but no surprise, best performance by an actress in a television series drama. Uh, Sarah Snook won this one, not her first time. But uh, she won for succession up against Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us, Helen Mirren for 1923, Carrie Russell for The Diplomat, Emma Stone for The Curse, and Imelda Staunton for The Crown. And uh, it was cool seeing the succession squad. I will note Jeremy Strong, not there. The eldest boy yeah. did not show, so, nor did Brian Cox. Yes, the, we took note of that very quickly. It, um, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I don't like it. Where, where were you guys? Yeah, you, you better could, have a really good excuse. You couldn't be you, like it's final it, season, man. Final season, your show's winning all the awards, and like I, we we had kind of predicted as much that this was kind of the Kieran Culkin Roman season. I, I'm sure you're the, the, that's probably next up on your list, and we we had kind of guessed that they he might get it this yeah, year, yeah, because it was such kind of the breakthrough season for him, and Jeremy Strong had already won it. Uh, Brian Cox is only in three episodes, like. You can't be there to show up for your boy? Support the squad. Support the squad, right? I mean, one of the things they referenced uh, repeatedly as they were accepting their numerous awards over the course of the evening was that it was like a, it was like a team effort and a family, and right, they all right. made each other better, yada, yada. And then yet you're missing the two, the two big dogs. Yeah, do, you, do you think that it's because they, they, there's such beef between Brian Cox and, and Jeremy Strong that they just not, they, they had to say, both of you stay home? I honestly considered the possibility that Jeremy Strong was like, I'm too art for this. Uh-huh, like, right, I, don't, right. I don't do this mainstream bullshit. I'm off, yeah, you know, yeah. building, building yeah. my next role. Yeah. And that Logan, or uh, not Logan, Brian Cox was like, well, if that fucker's not going, I'm not going. 
You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't have to be there, I don't have to be yeah, there. I'm an old yeah. man. Right. Um, right. But who knows? Who It'll, knows what well, the reason was? So the was. Emmys are wait. Did, no, the Emmys already happened. No, 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 no. The Emmys did not happen. They got pushed. Primetime Emmys are uh, January fifteenth. Okay, so next week. So that'll be. It'll be interesting to see if they show up to that. Yeah, because those are two very close together award shows. Right, frankly, right. And the Emmys. Maybe they picked that one. Slight, I would say a lot, a little bit more prestigious. Oh, for definitely the, for the TV awards yeah. than, than the Globes. Definitely. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox just weren't down to glad hand with the the Hollywood Foreign Press. And they were like, we're probably not winning this. Kieran's been going to, you know, every single luncheon that they're throwing. So we're just going <laughs> to hold off for the Emmys where we think we have a better shot. I could see them talking themselves into like, this gives the others a chance to shine more. But uh -huh. even that is kind of a pretentious move. It's yeah, like, very just fucking show yeah. up and fucking yeah. be there for everybody else, man. Yeah. But yeah, you, you said uh, Kieran's award will probably be next. And it is best performance by an actor in a television series drama, which Kieran Culkin did take home for succession, which was really cool. Brian Cox was also nominated. Jeremy Strong was also nominated. And Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us. Gary Oldman for Slow Horses. Dominic West for The Crown. Um, not shocking in one that, like you said, you and I discussed the very real possibility that this would take place. We were more looking at the Emmys, yeah. I think. Yep. Yep. Um, which I still think. Could, you know, that's one totally, thing yeah. the Golden Globes kind of serves as... Uh, right, a, potentially a little bit predictive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, cool to see Kieran get some of his flowers here because... We harped on it time and again during Succession's final season coverage. What he put, what his rise as an actor through season one to season four is meteoric and historic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kieran's speech was great, if you have not heard it. Uh, also, illuminating that the reason he's so good at playing Roman Roy is because he kind of is Roman Roy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is kind of anxious and frenetic, and he's, he does the hair thing like throughout his entire speech. Makes jokes at his at his own expense as well as the expense of others. Um, very humorously told Pedro Pascal to suck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he burped when he first got up there and said he had indigestion. <laughs> yeah, so he kind of just had this like very like like wild speech, but it was it was it was good. It was great and genuine. Yeah, yeah. Um, best performance by an actor in a supporting role or uh, in a television series. Matthew McFadden took this one home for Succession which was also very cool to see. He was up against James Marsden for jury duty, which just made me crack up. Uh, Eben Moss, Backrack for The Bear, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Alexander Skarsgård for Succession, and Alan Ruck for Succession. I think I saw okay, Alan so Ruck there. So in this category, what is this category? Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a television series. So, so this do one does not, not make the distinction drama between and drama and comedy. Very interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. look, we're, these are some of the easier categories we're going through. Right. Some of the other ones we're going to get to, I was just like, what the... And we've, it's, yeah, it's like, class, I'm so sick of talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we've had this... Yeah. But yeah. every time I'm watching the Globes and these categories come up, I'm like... What the fuck is? Why are musicals being thrown into the mix? Like, mm -hmm. what is what what is a comedy anymore? Does anybody know? And they've got to figure out different titles for these fucking awards, please, God. Uh, best television series, musical or comedy, was The Bear, Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary, Jury Duty, Only Murders in the Building, and Barry. To put the bear and Barry in a category yes. with Ted Lasso and Jury Duty and Abbott <laughs> Elementary doesn't. It fucking make any sense no it doesn't make any sense yeah but yeah. the bear won yeah um which did not shock anyone uh best performance by an actor in a television series musical or comedy again same problem with the category jeremy allen white won for the bear he was up against sudeikis for ted lasso bill Hader for barry jason siegel for shrinking steve martin for only murders in the building and martin short for only murders in the building pretty stacked category yeah. talent yeah. wise 
um, that our boy Jeremy Allen White, whose uh, mostly disclothed body has been all over my social media for two straight weeks due to his what? What is it? Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein ad, and also he's in the Iron Claw right now, where he, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen this film? Haven't watched it. No, okay. Haven't watched it. Not near the top of my list. Yeah. Not yeah. a wrestling guy. Uh, I, I'm. I have been. The the story has been kind of not not explained to me, but I have heard a little bit about what happens to the Von Erichs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not great. It's not great. It's going to take a lot. To, I would like to watch that film. Obviously, you know, I want to f around a little bit. Sure, and, sure. Uh, and then I'd like to support the the boar the the boar the boar <laughs> the boar on the, the boar on the floor, aka the bear, aka uh, Big Jaw, Jeremy Allen White. Um, but uh, Big, Big Jaw. <laughs> But yeah, it's that's that one sounds that's a pretty, tough sell, dude. Pretty pretty dark. That's a tough sell. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I know about the story is the horrible ending. Yeah. And I don't yeah. really want to watch that play out. <laughs> um, best performance by an actress in a television series, musical, or comedy went to Ao Edebiri for The Bear. She was up against uh, Natasha Leone for Poker Face, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Selena Gomez for Only Murders in the Building, and Elle Fanning for The Great. Uh, best television series, or excuse me, television limited series, anthology series, or motion picture made for television. Which this is where I was like, wait, a minute, this is just like a lot uh, right. thrown into one. Like I don't even know what anthology series means, frankly. And then motion picture made for television is just wedged in there with yeah, all yeah, these yeah. TV shows. So anthology just means that it's a different story every season under the same banner, like American Horror Story and Fargo. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, beef was the winner here, and uh, one of the things that I noticed quickly about the Globes, one of the mistakes they made, if they're going to give a bunch of awards to one show, mm -hmm. maybe don't seat the people from that show 15 minutes from the stage. <laughs> the walk that the yeah. Beef crew had to take to get to the stage was was quite a trick. Yeah. And it yeah. Ca caused some awkwardness. They ate up half of their fucking speech time just, getting to the stage. That's, yeah. You, which yeah, that's no good. Bummed me out a little bit. Um the 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 beef is is potentially going to do the 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 white lotus thing here, which is they sneak in a limited series and then everybody's like that show is so good and then the 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 you know the 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 streamer in this case Netflix is like, "Oh, well, okay. Another season then." And then yeah. it's not a limited series anymore. And you're like, "Well, hey now, you kind of cheated. You kind of cheated. I hope they don't do that because yeah. I like the way it ended and I don't think there needs to be more. Um, I'm, I'm hearing that there's a season two. Yeah. Well, it was up against Lessons in Chemistry, which another one my wife watched and loved. Daisy Jones and the Six, she also watched. I watched some and did not like it and bowed out. All the Light We Cannot See, which I've never even heard of. Fellow Travelers and then Fargo. They kept throwing Fargo in there and I was like, it hasn't even ended. <laughs> I, I obviously realize that, that mm -hmm. the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press has seen the entire thing yeah, before yeah. they vote or whatever, and, and, and the people who vote all get screeners. But it's it was still weird to me, and I was like kind of half crossing my fingers that they wouldn't win anything right. so that nobody would get up there and like accidentally let something slip about what this how this thing ends. Yeah, yeah. It's always pretty interesting when like a show kind of starts late but still makes it you know, under the window and like gets in for the nominations and even for e even for the movies at a, as you know for an award show as early as, as this one was it's like i feel like poor things has only been out in theaters for two weeks and it was all over the place you yeah. know and it's and it's cleaning up out there so. yeah uh best performance by an actress in a limited series anthology series or motion picture made for television went to ali wong for beef 
and then the same category for an actor went to Steven Yoon for Beef. So they both won. Yeah. And back to back and had to make that trek to the stage and that's when I realized like this is this is a problem. Yeah. Uh best motion picture getting into some of the movie stuff here. Drama was uh, an, an Anatomy of a Fall, excuse me, The Zone of Interest, Past Lives, Maestro, Maestro, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Oppenheimer. And uh, Oppenheimer took it home. Oppenheimer got the big win here, final, you know, major award of the night or yep, whatever. Yep. And uh, I don't know that you can really argue with that. I mean, it was a good good little five films up here that it was competing against. I, I keep hearing, you brought up Past Lives, I keep hearing... Over and over, you got to watch this thing. And every person that sent me that DM, I ask, it's really heavy, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I shelve it for another day. <laughs> but uh, good for Oppenheimer. I mean, I think we both really enjoyed watching that thing. Don't know if I'll be rewatching it anytime soon still, but good fun. Uh, I, the, the, this award show definitely made me ready to revisit it because I... I, I as good as I thought it was, I also left slightly underwhelmed and probably just the case of, as you know, we mentioned uh, when it came out during the, over the, the summer last year, but like, I didn't love the theater I was in, probably overhyped it a little bit too much for myself because I, I, I love Christopher Nolan films. Um, it's, so just all that kind of combined, like I would like to, I would, I would like to see the film again. Yeah. And I mean, look, Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon were both kind of departures from like their director's uh, sort of like wheelhouse, you know? Like, Killers of the Flower Moon had some elements, like in terms of like the the organized crime nature of it that Scorsese likes Mm -hmm. to play with, but it was way more historical and way more, um, I guess, just like serious and real than most of the shit Scorsese does. And then Oppenheimer was very much like a biopic or whatever, whatever the word is, biopic, biopic, biopic. Um, about one guy, you know, so that was a little bit different than than what we've see, what we've grown accustomed to seeing Christopher Nolan do as well. But yeah, took home Best Picture. Cillian Murphy also won for Best Actor in a right. Motion Picture Drama, up against Bradley Cooper, Leonardo DiCaprio, Coleman Domingo, Andrew Scott, and Barry Cogan uh, for Saltburn, which I didn't even know Barry was. I didn't know Saltburn was yep, up in this right, right. award yeah, season yeah. either. So um, it'll be interesting to see. If they get any hardware from the actual Academy Awards, right, which right. take place later in, February, in March, right? March, March, 10th. March, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, best performance uh, by an actress in a motion picture. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me back up. Best motion picture, musical or comedy, went to Poor Things. They were up against Barbie, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May December, which I cannot believe is in there, um, and Air. And then Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy went to Emma Stone for Poor Things, up against Margot Robbie, Natalie Portman, Fantasia Barino, Alma Poisty, and Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings. So that's where J-Law had her little nomination thrown in that I was like, what? The fuck? Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture went to Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, uh, Musical or Comedy was the category. And did you see Giamatti went to uh, In-N-Out with his Golden Globe? I did not. Well, it got a lot of coverage, and I'm like 80% sure they paid him to do that. That sounds, yeah, I, w- I could imagine that. Because like he's in the middle of the restaurant, and it's he's got the Golden Globe on the table, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, what an everyman. I'm like, he's in a fucking tux and has an award on the table. It's, 
it's not as much of an everyman move as people are making it out to be, and it looks like marketing to me. Yeah, that feels a lot. Right. Like very, very marketing. Looks like marketing, yes. smells like marketing. It's probably marketing. Um, but that category was pretty stacked. It was Giamatti, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction, Matt Damon for Air, Joaquin Phoenix for Bo is Afraid, Timothée Chalamet for Wonka, which I can't believe was worthy of a nomination, but, and then Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario. It was also Nicolas Cage's birthday, I would note, um, the night the Golden Globes were going on. And he just looks wildly deranged every time <laughs> they show him on, on camera. Then they had this category, Barrett, called Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Yeah, yeah. Which was, was kind of early on in the category, night. Right? Yeah, yeah brand yeah, yeah. new, first yep. time. Yep. <clears throat> and it was kind of in the middle of the show at a random point. Mm -hmm. And when they're describing it, it sounds like best picture, like or best drama. It, like it, it seemed like a really, really big deal. But then you kind of got the feeling when you go through the nominee nominees here. It was uh, uh, Barbie, which won. Yeah. Oppenheimer, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the Super Mario Bros. movie, John Wick Chapter Four, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, yeah. and Taylor Swift. The Eras Tour. Yeah. It's a weird mix of like... Yeah, so I, I, I didn't get to look at... I didn't have a chance to look at what the criteria to be entered into this category was. and then it, But then it obviously has a voting element because there was a winner, not just a calculation, right? Um, and this is something that, that has been pitched a lot. This is... Remember the Oscars? The Oscars were about to do this. They yeah. announced this. Yeah. And then there was such backlash... That they backed away from doing the like, the like pop culturey box office like popular film award. Right. So Golden Globe just went there with it, and did introduce something like this. And so I imagine that there was some threshold for box office achievement that these films needed to make. It's a hundred million in the United States alone. Okay. All right. And at least one hundred and fifty million total. Okay. So that so so there you go. So this was the opportunity. And then I don't know what the the you know the critic. There was some level of critical achievement here. Most of these movies that, that did get included were either extremely well-reviewed or, at the very least, like, you know, pretty decently thought of. Super, Super Mario Brothers, I think, actually, like, got pretty decent reviews for, yeah. a, you know, for an animated and, and film generally meant for, for young, young people. No, Spider-Man Across uh, Spider the Spider-Verse was beloved. Beloved. Absolutely beloved. All of those animated Spider-Verse films, people... Uh, freak out over um, but mission impossible dead reckoning part one which you and i saw in the imax i'll yeah, say this yeah, yeah. when they played the clip yeah i was like yeah no it does look really tight no and for don't 30 for, seconds don't also don't forget that we were largely in the minority about the way we felt about that film yeah and i really do think so, like having watched that clip on the small screen in my bedroom yeah that this movie was probably a lot more enjoyable not at an imax yeah, where you're yeah. so overwhelmed by everything by that's the, happening yes. that you can't enjoy it I, I i would agree with that but so um i i I don't know quite how I feel about this award. I think it's good. It it came after a string of Barbie losses. Right. That, you know, so it's kind of like... It made it feel like they were like, we got to make something that they can win. Yeah. And, and and then I was wondering, like, you know, when they... When they I, my guess is that when they kind of came up with this concept for this award and they, they kind of... And maybe when they instituted it, it was more like, can we give an award to a Marvel movie? Like, can we give yeah. Avengers Endgame an award? Sure. Um, and so, at, at, like, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet. I'm glad that when they finally got to this award, it actually went to a movie that did both, that dominated the box office, was a huge smashing 
success mon- monetarily, financially, but that also was extremely well reviewed, very highly thought of. Um, people nominated for acting awards as well. So that that was all good, but you still did kind of have this like, at least for me, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie seemed very, very, you know, the, uh, they 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 were proud of it. They 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 enjoyed it. They accepted it with with a lot of grace. But I, for me, I was like, it's kind of it, I I feel a little weird about this. Made me feel it, icky. It, you're just kind of like tossing this new made up award so that Barbie gets something because they're not because they're not, they're not going to beat Oppenheimer or Poor Things for anything else. So. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, that was cute, good job. But now back to the real films. Yeah, it, and I was in that. That didn't feel, feel fair. It didn't feel fair. No, yeah. and there's been a lot of discourse since the Globes about whether Barbie was snubbed and how much you know the fact that it was made off of existing IP was held yeah. against it, and and yada yada. And I mean, it, it is look, you can see this coming from a million miles away, yep. for sure. But I mean, I it didn't watching that movie. It didn't feel like anything should be held against it regarding existing IP. It felt like it was really well written, really well directed, really well acted, super original yep. and fun for anybody. And that's a really tough thing to pull off with a Barbie movie of all things. So, yeah, I mean, I think I it almost made it worse for me that they're like, well, you can't win, you know, you're not going to win the big awards, right. but here's cinematic and box <laughs> office achievement. Yeah, It almost like validates the... The people who were like, "Ah, oh, it shouldn't be taken that seriously," right? And so it, it, I don't know how to feel about it either. It it will be. I think once we have more context, like in the years yeah. coming forward, right? Yeah. Like to see what else wins this award. Yeah, that that will also kind of like I think that will be a testament to it because if some if they do end up giving this award to some dog shit movie that made a billion dollars, but like a lot of people went and saw and like you know what I mean? Yeah, then it's going to cheapen it even further. But if they keep, if they do keep it in the zone where it's like this movie made a lot of money and also everybody thought it was really good, but the vote the votings the the snobbery of the voting base is not going to allow it to win anything else, then okay, fine, at least it gets acknowledged. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, best original song from a motion picture went to Billie Eilish and Phineas the, for uh, what was I made for the yeah, Barbie song. La- Laura and I were bummed about this because this should have gone to I'm Just Ken. Yeah. I look, okay, I don't disagree, but that Billie Eilish song is incredible. It is. Are you you're you're a fan? It is very very depressing, <laughs> but it is a beautiful beautiful song. Um, I do think if you're picking from one, look, maybe they were trying to counterbalance the non-serious nature of cinematic uh-huh, right. and box office achievement, and they were like, we'll pick the more art song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, of the two. Sure. But yeah, they were both nominated in that category with a As bunch well, of other I mean, random shit. The the tr- all three of the songs nominated for from Barbie are are, are pretty oh, great. Dance great the night songs. was in there too. Dua Lipa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to have Dua Lipa at the award show as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, who'd she go up there with? I can't remember who she she did. She oh, presented uh, an award. Elizabeth Banks. Okay, Elizabeth Banks um, had one of the more challenging presenter. Uh, bits yeah. of the night sure. and completely pulled it off. First of all, she they're like, Elizabeth Banks, the director of Cocaine Bear <laughs> and Dua Lipa. And you're just like immediately like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have to say Cocaine Bear when she comes out. You know yeah, what I mean? I did not hear. Is that how they announced her? Yes. As the director of Cocaine Bear? Yes. That's a tough look. It, dude. And she came out and crushed. Like she did. I thought she was amazing. I thought that bit could have easily fallen flat on its face. Like if you also saw like uh, uh, the bit Will Ferrell did 
with Kristen oh, Wiig. Kristen Wiig, yeah. thank you. Where they kept playing yeah. that music, and at yeah. first you're like, oh god, are they gonna pull this off? This is really fucking awkward. Like that happens a lot at award shows yeah. where yeah. you kind of get this. It's this awkward comedy where you're like, is this landing? I kind of like, thought the Kristen Wiig, Will Ferrell bit landed. It did. No, yeah. it did, for sure. But it was up front. You're like, oh, God, oh, yeah, this is no, one you, of those yes, ones yes. that it may not work. Totally, totally. Um, anyway, Elizabeth Banks, I thought she's just very, very talented and funny and probably doesn't get as much credit as she fully deserves. Yeah. If you remember like her in 30 Rock and shit, she's done oh, so totally. much stuff yeah. and is unbelievably good. Uh, also be, from, I mean, good performances in the Hunger Games films. A lot of people forget about that. Directed Cocaine Bear Bear. And then also directed Cocaine Bear, which wasn't my favorite. I probably would have been like, hey, can you be like, I'm from the Hunger Games and Pitch Perfect and... All these other things all, that are massively some, successful. Some other yeah. stuff and maybe don't mention that I directed Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the one they threw out when she came out. Uh, anyway, and then there was Best Original Score for a Motion Picture, which went to Oppenheimer for Ludwig Göransson's. uh... Amazing, amazing score of that movie. And that was it. That was the the Golden Globes. Overall, look, it was like it was kind of fun. If you if you could get over Joe Coy and the the clear um uh I don't want to say failure, but like lack he didn't add anything to the show. Let me put it that that way. I wasn't looking forward to the next time he got the microphone or really laughing at any of his jokes or anything. But if you got yep. past the host, um and some of the weird categories that you're trying to do mental gymnastics and figure out how it's even fair that these things compete against each other. Overall, I'd say it was a success because the biggest thing for me when I tune in to watch these things is what Barrett brought up at the beginning of our conversation. I want to feel like I'm looking at a room filled with the most talented people in Hollywood, the biggest stars, the biggest names um, that, that, bring people out to the movie theaters and, and force them to sit on their couches and watch their shows. And that, that I thought they accomplished. And it was a nice little start to awards season here. So we've got the Emmys coming up January 15th, which obviously Barrett and I will be uh, covering in some regard. It's, it's the same time as um, we're diving into True Detective Season 4. So we'll probably have to do Emmys commentary on Patreon mm, to some mm-hmm. effect. But uh, And then the Academy Awards are March 10th for those who are looking to see the rest of this awards season unfold. But um, some of our favorites won some shit, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it's always good to see uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we it, 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 it feels... It's nice when, when, when we both think that Succession and the Bear are the best TV shows of the year, and then... And then they win. And then they win, so that, that's, that's always fun. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Factor, and if you're like me, then you're either too busy, too tired, or too ineffective in the kitchen to worry about what's for dinner when you're just trying to relax at the end of the day and binge your favorite TV shows. That's where Factor comes in and takes care of everything. I just go to the fridge, pick a Factor, toss it in the microwave for two minutes, and bang, I'm eating like a king on the couch. It's cheaper, better, and better for you than takeout. Get started on your resolutions this year with Factor so you're ready all 2024 factors ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year skip the grocery stores prep work and cooking fatigue instead get chef crafted dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week including options like keto calorie smart vegan plus veggie and more plus over 55 weekly add-ons you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolution skip the overpriced takeout trap factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout get chef crafted restaurant quality meals delivered right to your door they're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes which means more time for you 
to watch those shows. Forget frantic lunch preps and rushed dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. Head to factormeals.com slash OCC50 and use code OCC50 to get 50% off. That's code OCC50 at factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R, meals.com slash OCC50 to get 50 percent off barrett have you noticed i'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. chime in on the do, the, the, do the factor read do it um because for the, the on my most recent factor delivery i went with the the the, the uh the like the whatever it's, it's like the diet conscious or the low calorie oh calorie smart calorie smart calorie smart Ve- very very impressed with the amount of flavor that they're able to pack into the lower calorie meals if that's something that you're looking for and then I'm not a big juice guy. They got like the juices. Oh yeah. But this time I went smoothies and wellness oh, shots. Oh, dude, the smoothies. And once again, I mean like a, a really, really nice ingredient list. There's not a bunch of sugar. There's not a bunch of calories. There's not a bunch of like dairy products. If that's something, it's like coconut milk based. It, it, the smoothies are awesome. The wellness shots. They've been. It's 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 flu season. It's virus season. Gross it's all out the there. seasons. And I, the little, you know, little cayenne, little lemon, maybe a little salt. The, oh, yeah. the wellness shots, they go hard, too. Yeah, the problem so with I, the smoothies. I did, I, the, I did not know about the smoothies and the, the wellness shots until I added them to my order and got them. But they, they have, they've really, that they, um, yeah, some of my favorite stuff I've gotten from Factor. The problem with the smoothies is that they last like 48 hours in my fridge because they're you, you all dr- gone. Yeah, because yeah. my wife and I plow through them and then i'm always sad the next yeah. time i go to the fridge to get one and they're gone yeah uh so yeah just shouts to the wellness shots and the calorie smart and the smoothies and and all the things that i've gotten from factor uh in my last delivery which i yeah have been have been wonderful factormeals.com slash occ50 code occ50 for 50 percent off have you noticed um hbo max warner brothers pushing the sopranos 25th anniversary really hard uh, no, I, ha- I probably because I haven't been on Max oh, much recently. Well, you also haven't been online much the last four days, probably. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but it, so twenty twenty four is the twenty fifth anniversary of the the the, the premiere. Yeah, the premiere. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which is obvious. It's a big deal, and I get why they're taking advantage of this. But one of the things that they're doing, um, they've created a Sopranos TikTok, and it's at the Sopranos on TikTok. Okay. And it's twenty five second recaps. Of all 86 episodes is what they've created and they're pumping out. So, like, it's a 25-second TikTok that gives you episode one in, like, its entirety. But not really. When I first—I saw a bunch of backlash to this. People were like, how could you do this? The Sopranos is art. (laughs) You can't—don't TikTok my art. And I I was kind of like—I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Why are you doing this? It's not cool. But then I went and watched some of the TikToks. This is good fun. Yeah. Because you're not getting anything out of these unless you've <laughs> seen the show already. Right. Like right, nobody's right. like, ooh, I'll go get a good handle on what The Sopranos is about and the occurrences of each episode by watching these 25 second TikToks. That's not what this is. Yeah. Um, I really like it just because as a super fan who's seen the series way too many times, it's nice to get these little 25 second reminders of like, sure. you know what I'm saying? And like every once in a while, I like to be able to go back and just watch a random Sopranos episode that I really enjoyed. And this is kind of giving me a catalog to pick from. Like, I'll watch the 25-second TikTok and be like, ooh, I did really like that one. I'm going to check that out tonight. I hope that they include the hallway freeze frame when they get to the episode where Carm might bang AJ's teacher. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're rooting for that to show up, are you? Yeah, just the the, the hallway freeze frame. That cut? That cut cut shot. (laughs) You know, that's the goat, so... 
<laughs> that some kid made in like fucking After Effects. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, at The Sopranos on TikTok, if you're a big Sopranos fan. And of course, I have to take this opportunity to remind you that on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles, Barrett and I created a companion podcast for every single episode, all 86 episodes of The Sopranos. It was Barrett's first time watching the show. It was my like seventh and uh, we did it in a way that was friendly to both first-timers and rewatchers. We had a blast. Pay just five bucks, five dollars minimum pledge on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles to support our show and get access to all of the audio to our Sopranos companion podcast. And that is in addition to obviously what will be coming up starting next week. Bonus coverage of True Detective Season 4 will be... Uh, airing on Patreon in the form of hotline calls from the Mollusk Militia that Barrett and I will respond to to further discuss and digest each episode of True Detective Season 4. Before we talk a little bit more about True Detective Season 4, I wanted to note I started finally, after getting this show yelled at me for months, Slow Horses, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Season 1. I'm almost done. I've got one more tonight. Okay. Um, it's six episodes per season, and yeah. I believe two seasons have been completed. And uh, it's Gary Oldman in there doing his thing as the head of uh, Slaw House, as it is known. And uh, I I would note the show is not about horses that are slow. That's, it is, that's correct, uh, yeah. yeah, it's about... You, have you ever watched any of this thing? You seen any of it? No, 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 no. But, I, but I'm, I'm well-versed in what it's about, because much like you, I, I have been recommended this show and yeah. a number of times. Clam know, Fam is about it. I know that it is up my alley. It just, like, it's probably, ne- honestly, it very well could be next on my list after Fargo. It's really good. I've yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um... It, it can be a little bit like, no pun intended, slow at different points, uh-huh. which is only problematic because my wife and I are both exhausted as fuck by 8 p.m. every night, mm-hmm. and so we get through about half of an episode each night. Okay. That's about, <laughs> that's our pace yeah. as we are yeah. slow horses ourselves. They, what, um, you, you and your wife, you're both, like, I imagine you're, y'all are watching it and you're just like, this needs more Trollocs. That's exactly yeah, what we're yeah. both wishing for. That, that's how those keep that, us up. That, those keep you up. Yeah. Those those do it. Those keep you up. That's how we, that's how we got through Wheel of Time so fast. <laughs> um, but no, this is look. One of the things that that kind of surprised me about Slow Horses. It kind of starts out as like your, I don't want to say run of the mill, but sort of classic um, like spy typey you know situation, and then. There are, there are moments in the show where it really elevates itself to something else, and it creates really high stakes for the characters mm-hmm. where you just feel like anybody could get it at any moment. And that helps a lot in terms of adding intensity. Gary Oldman is also just, he's goaded, bro, yeah. at this yeah. point. you know yeah. He's done a lot of good stuff. He's great. Um, but yeah, so for everybody who's been yelling slow horses at me, it's near the top of Barrett's list, and I am working my way to season two already and really liking it, so thanks for the recommendation. Now... This Sunday, True Detective Season 4, starring Jodie Foster, who uh, they made sure to get in there at the Golden Globes. They had her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to show Jodie, um, which I can't—I just can't remember the last time she was, like, really culturally relevant. This feels like a rebirth for her of I, sorts. I gotta say, Jodie Foster is an, is an actor that has—that for me, like, I, I, ha- I have the sense that you have— and yet she she always does seem relevant. Like her name all always makes people go like, oh, oh, oh. Well, because she's kind of an all-timer as a result of The Silence of the Lambs, Taxi Driver when she was a kid. That's the other thing. You got to remember, yeah, she was a, she's child, a child actress, actress yeah. so she's literally been relevant since Taxi Driver was 1976. And she Right, and she got nominated really young for an award as well. But but I, it's, it still is interesting, interesting to me because aside from being like, like – 
it all it seems like it always falls back on Silence of the Lambs. Like yeah. that like it like it's one a big one. Like one role in particular is why her name has been st- still makes people, you know, like perk do, their ears up. Perk their ears up for the last 40 years. Like I don't know. Like it's just it's very interesting. I mean, Inside Man was solid and she yeah, was good yeah. in that, although it's Contact Contact is kind of a cult classic. Mm-hmm. It's one of my dad's favorite movies. I've probably seen it a dozen times. She's yeah. great in that too. It is a real I mean, in fairness, Contact is a really good sci-fi movie, especially yeah. for 1997. Right. Um, but no, you're not wrong. I mean, I don't know. She's just Jodie Foster. She's kind of just right. like this she's beloved ho- American she's, yeah, icon. She's Hollywood right? royalty, even though like most people know her from one, one of thing. three things. Yeah. 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 So um, but uh but I, I one request to the clan fam is that if you are here and you're listening to us and you know about the show and, and you're stoked for it, I, I, I'm i a little worried that you're going to need to do some spreading the word because I was I was with friends this weekend and they like were like kind of aware that True Detective season four with Jodie Foster was coming out. But then like a bunch were like, oh, no, I didn't know about that. That sounds tight. And then others were like, you know, oh, when's that coming out? And I was like, Sunday. And they're oh, shit. Yeah. So I don't know. I Like I'm going to be a little I better see a True Detective Night Country trailer while watching NFL playoff games this weekend. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, look, cuz I think this I think they need to get the like it's 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 right it's like dumpuary, right? Like yeah. this, like like this is kind of not a hot spot for for TV releases Dude, and movie releases. And it's worse than normal because of last year because right. of the way last year gave up so much momentum. Yeah, we're not on the we're not on the hamster wheel right now just like churning for content. What's next? What's, What's next? Ne- What's exactly, next? Yeah, people exactly. have kind of lost that vibe. Yes. No, I'm I'm totally with you, and you and I have touched on this a lot with the big streamers, that they seem, like, overly confident. Like, yeah. we don't need marketing. <laughs> Look at our subscriber base, right. right? And it's like, well, this is, like, this is an example of a show that, if your marketing is executed correctly, can pull people back in. Because one of the, to, I would say that's, you're, you're touching on something that is a negative here. It's possible that this isn't as big as it should be. Yeah. A positive is that it's getting really positive reviews right. so far. Yeah. Like, it, you know... Let's turn to the tomato meter. It's at 100% currently. Yeah. Now, that's at 36 reviews turned it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But you, anyway, point. I'm seeing headlines that are like, True Detective is fully back. Right. Like, they have recaptured the magic. Um, there are spirals in this season, just like in, you know, all the other ones, which oh, is yeah. huge. Gotta, gotta Sp- love those creepy spirals. spirals. Carcosa! But you and I were pulled in by... Yellow King! For, the, the brand, obviously, is strong. True yeah. Detective's brand is strong, and in, in, it's kind of like... They they seemingly lost it with season two. They kind of reestablished themselves a little with season three. Yeah. But this feels like sort of their last opportunity to like get any more longevity out of the true detective brand. Like right. they better nail season four. So our ears perked up when we heard Jodie Foster, just like a lot of other people's. And uh and now it's getting all these positive reviews and this buzz, but that's only if you're really fucking paying attention. Right. It's not getting shoved in your face and HBO does seem like they're they're a little bit cocky. You're not getting like NFL Sunday ads like you were saying, and I can't even remember the last time. Maybe maybe House of the Dragon. They right. go and do that kind yep, of budget yep. for the marketing. Yep. But um, if you're in the Clam Fam and you're planning on taking that one on with us, which you should, like I've said, if you've never watched True Detective, you don't have to have seen any of the first three seasons. Although, what the hell is wrong with you if you haven't seen True Detective season one? Um, but this one stands alone, just like the other three seasons that exist already do. And uh, we're really looking forward to starting coverage next week on True Detective Season 4. Season premieres on Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so 8 o'clock Central, our time. 
and Barrett and I will be discussing the first episode and sharing our thoughts and giving a general review and recap on Monday, most likely. So either Monday or Tuesday of next week. I have to imagine that we're able to make it work Monday, though, hopefully. I, w- I would think so. De- um, scheduling dependent. And, and and then obviously, Mollus Militia, like, get your calls in. Yeah, uh, as soon I- as you watch. I- ideally, right after you watch. Yep. Yep, yeah, don't yep. go read a whole bunch of Reddit shit and then yep. call in with that. We don't want that. We want your thoughts, your original thoughts and reactions right. on that Mollusk Militia hotline on Patreon. Then Barrett and I will go through the calls and respond to them in turn on the show. And uh, we have a blast. So, yeah, if you're if you're really stoked for True Detective, make sure you hop on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Support our show and get even more True Detective Season 4 content along with everything else that's available in our backlog, including The Sopranos and... White Lotus bonus coverage, House of the Dragon bonus coverage. If you never did the House of the Dragon bonus coverage for season one, might be something you want to go through before season two. That is all there for you on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Barrett, is there anything else you wanted to touch on or cover today? Uh, I don't think so. Um, maybe one I, ju- I just remembered uh, for, for, for Globes, uh, I think it was Best Supporting uh, Actress, but Lily Gladstone won for... Um, Oh, Killer, yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon, which is pretty historical. Yes, yeah, cool, so I somehow skipped over that. Cool, Sorry. cool for her to do the to, to, to speak in some of the, the Blackfoot dialect or Blackfoot language. That was um, tight. And so just just want, wanted to make sure we we tossed that in there as another very cool moment from the Globes. And one of the things that, that Killers of the Flower Moon is getting, I think, the, some of the most praise for is shining a light on the story. And, and, and honestly, it's one of the reasons why I do why I will at some point journey in for the four-hour film is just for kind of some of the historical educational aspects of it yeah just pick three nights chop it into three and then (laughs) and then take it on but yeah no thank you barry lily gladstone won best performance by an actress in a motion picture for killers of the flower moon she was up against carrie mulligan from uh maestro sandra holler oh so it was best actress so she is yeah she is the the, one of the leads of the film yeah Yeah, she she won the Actress version of what uh, Cillian Murphy won right, for Oppenheimer. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the other one I skipped was Robert Downey Jr. won actor in a supporting role in any motion picture for Oppenheimer as well. Yeah, yeah, and then he was later in a commercial for something called Aura, and it, they must have paid him an ungodly amount of money to I do I did that. stop, watch that commercial, <laughs> and go, really smart. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, But just to have like an A-list award winner well, in and, the commercial that's playing during the globes i mean and he but and he is like he's one of the highest paid actors like ever at this point yeah and doesn't typically you know like you'll see george clooney in the freaking nespresso commercials you know what i mean yeah but like rdj showing up to do some random ass commercial like they threw the bag at him dude so also in that category that rdj won was ryan gosling for barbie obviously de niro for killers of the flower moon yeah. uh charles charles melton for may december and then mark ruffalo for poor things and willem dafoe for poor things. Okay. Willem Dafoe did not have a Hollywood Walk of Fame star until this past weekend. Right. That melted my fucking brain. Doesn't like Snoop Dogg have a Walk of Fame star? Well, how the fuck did Willem Dafoe not have one? Because well, okay, Willem Dafoe, he's not like he's in so many things though yeah, that, are, yeah. I, that I feel like okay. are considered classics. Well, the, the big thing to know about the Walk of Fame is that you pay for your star. Oh. That's a pay-to-play situation. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They they do not, there's not like a association that's like, this year's nominees for stars oh, on the Walk okay. of Fame are... I didn't know that, dude. Yeah. Like, now may, I don't care. Maybe you get reached out to and they're like, hey, we'd love to have your name on the, the, the Walk of Stars. Yeah. Does you, do you and your team want to pay? I think it, like at one point, I think it was 
the last time I heard a number, I think it's twenty five grand, maybe huh. something like that. I may, it, who, I don't know what the current price is, but yeah, so it's it's a little bit of a like yeah, it's, it's like seventy five thousand. Okay, it's like a thing, but you but but you're paying for it, so it's kind of also a. It's not as big of a deal as as it could okay. be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It says uh, it's a seventy five thousand dollar payment after selection. The money is used to pay for the creation and installation of the star, as well as maintenance of the Walk of Fame, which I imagine involves one man with a push broom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you fucking maintaining? Uh-huh. Anyway, um, I just I couldn't. I mean, I Zach, make Zach, Zach Efron just got a star recently, too. Well, that now it makes sense. I didn't realize it's, you know, you get selected, but then you also have to be like, yes, now is the time I would like to pay for that and have it installed. Yep. So um, anyway, it was, uh, he was up there with a random coupling of people to accept it. I'm just waiting for somebody to do the Michael Scott, though, instead of putting their handprints in there, they just like shove their face into the cement. Yeah. <laughs> But he was up there with Pedro Pascal. Yeah, it's also it's it's always super random who comes up like there with the, you. yeah that you're yeah. like wait are they like really close friends? I, I have like, no idea. So or no is, idea. it was just like who was available? <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Like anyway, it was it was uh, like Jeremy Allen White was at the Zac Efron one, and it's like okay, oh, okay, so y'all just did the movie together. So you're is this like, like also promoting it? Promoting it? Did but you, do you actually did you fold hang? this into the marketing budget for Iron Claw? Like right. how did this? What, what I bet what's, they did. What's happening here? I bet yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, okay, well, now, now it's less weird now yeah. that I know how that, how that shakes out. <laughs> uh, remember to continue to support our sponsors. This week, today, we had Factor, factormeals.com slash OCC50, code OCC50, to get 50% off. Barrett and I will be back later this week on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles to talk more Golden Globes, more True Detective Season 4, whatever the Mollusk Militia wants to talk about this week, frankly. I'll give some more Slow Horses commentary. I will surely have finished Season 1 by then and can give a more complete recommendation on Season 1 if you're in for that. But yeah, Mollusk Militia on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Make sure to get your hotline calls in this week uh, because this is our last week where we'll really talk about whatever you want on Patreon before we fully dedicate ourselves to True Detective Season 4 for six weeks. Did you know it's only six episodes this season? I, I did not. Six episodes, That is yeah. a small number of episodes. Month That's and a half. smaller than I would like, yeah. Month yeah. and a half that we'll be okay. uh, focused right. on True Detective Season 4. But yeah, it also gives you and I very little time to figure out what we're going to cover <laughs> next. <laughs> okay, time time to start looking at the March release calendar. Yeah, yeah. yes it is. Uh, for more from me, Ross Bolin, listen to the Ross Bolin podcast wherever podcasts are played. For more from Barrett, follow him on social at Barrett Dudley, where he uh, will put up, you know, Instagram Lord, Lord stories yep. and yep. and let you know uh, about his other podcasts and such on there. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media everywhere. Just search Oysters, Clams, Cockles on TikTok, Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter. We're on all three. And go to bowlandmedia.com slash shop to grab yourself some merch. Perhaps you are in a succession celebratory mood after their big wins at the Globes. Well, we, of course, have a bunch of succession-inspired merch at bowlandmedia.com slash shop. We also have White Lotus-inspired stuff, House of the Dragon-inspired stuff, bowlandmedia.com slash shop. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for rolling with us on our first episode of 2024. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And until we meet again, remember, time is a flat circle.